This is the Becoming a Better Man podcast, where men come to get over themselves so they can get to the next level for their health, wealth, and relationships in ways we never thought possible before, doing it together as one. going on guys welcome back to another episode of the becoming a better man podcast i'm your host dr jason wright you know sometimes people wonder why is it becoming a better man why not seem like you've become a better man well the becoming is the whole process it's ongoing it doesn't stop I think the biggest mistake I'd ever made uh, in my my growth, my journey for evolving and, and trying to become, you know, like a, a more improved version of whoever it was I was trying to be, you know, beforehand, was thinking that like, once you do some work on yourself, once you, you know, go work with a therapist, once you're able to kind of uh, make peace with, you know, whatever demons are haunting you, whatever that is, that once that's done and you feel better, right? Like you're chasing that feeling of, wow, inside I feel like I've done something. It feels better. I don't feel quite as conflicted or in as much pain. You think like, that's it. Jackpot. I won the gold medal. And you might ride that high for a while. And gradually over time, Life happens, stress happens, relationships can happen, career can be affected, all the things. And then what's what's the part I'm leaving out here? It's the part where those old patterns of coping, of fight or flight, of trying to protect something, protect myself from something, all those things creep back into the fold. And then, boom, you're right back down where you thought you started and left a long time ago. That's how it goes. So it's an ongoing process. I think the sooner you come to terms with that, the easier it gets. You know, is to know that you're forever going to be working on this, this growth mindset this process of improving upon mistakes from the past, fighting urges to react instead of respond, fighting urges to protect yourself in situations where you don't necessarily need to protect yourself. You just need to participate, right? Participate, don't protect. And so these things happen and, uh, you know, you're kicking yourself for, Asking yourself the question of, dude, have I even grown at all? You know, like, have I not progressed as much as I thought I had? So then you just don't know what to believe. Guys, it's ongoing. You're becoming. The beauty is in the becoming, right? It's not in arriving at the destination. It's falling in love with the process. Understanding every day that there's something more to learn. 
more about yourself than anyone else. It's waking up every day wondering, what am I going to need to learn today about myself? What version of me is trying to keep me back? What version of me have I failed to unlock that could take me to the next level of um, not satisfaction, but uh, contentment, right? I, I hate it, and it's so easy to do, is to chase happiness, right? Happiness isn't a destination, right? The only place that it will take you to is disappointment. <laughs> so something I wanted to talk about this week is this concept of performing, you know, I have a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, pretty surprisingly successful people. I, I think I'm just a normal dude. Uh, but I have like these, these people who are doing way bigger things than I've ever dreamt of doing. And I really respect that about them, but they listen and, you know, maybe you're one of these, these people. And so you think high performer performance, like that's, that's one of the KPIs to entrepreneurship. Right? It's a key performance indicator. How am I performing? Am I performing at a high level? Am I elite? Am I optimized? All those terms, buzzwords, and bullshit. Um, but when you break it down, like when you really think about it, because I've thought about this about myself. How much of my life was spent performing in a role as a character that I was using to hide who I really was. All right, think about this. When did that start? What caused it to start? And what was the tipping point that made me decide that it was time to time to leave the cast, you know? Like you even just subconsciously, unconsciously playing a role. Like you're performing for applause, right? You're chasing applause somewhere in some way in your life. So you're essentially lying, right? Like I've, I've lied about a lot of stuff. I've lied about a lot of things that surprised me how easily I was able to lie about them. That's when shit got scary, when I realized that. When it became so second nature, I even believed it. <laughs> it's crazy. It's crazy what we can do. You know, when you make up your mind, and I say it like it's intentional, but it's, it's not always intentional. But when you make up your mind to dive headfirst into this character that you've either built for yourself out of choice or out of necessity, that you've got to keep up that image, you know, you got to perform. Why? Because silence was terrifying. Sometimes silence was violence, you know? I'd, I'd heard it a while back. Uh, a therapist was telling me that, you know, she drew these, these circles and it was like 
in this small circle, that's you, right? That's the real you. That's the, that's the childlike you that came into this world. Okay. And then a slightly bigger circle around that. And she labeled it shame. So you were, you were here, you existed. And then at some point you became covered in shame. Okay. Stick with me here. That's a podcast of which I'm asking you to imagine visuals. <laughs> and then a bigger circle around those two. And, and in that circle was all the things that I try to portray. Right. So like perfection, like perfectionism, um, high performance, right. Being highly competitive, high achiever, wanting to be good looking and fit and in shape, wanting to be the funniest one in the room, wanting to be the most exciting to be around. Several other things, you know, like trying to, trying to think about what it was that we talked about. And all those things were uh, like coverings, right? Like there were things I had employed to cover the shame, right? That was hiding the real me. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of different things that, that led to the shame. Um, you know, it, and it's hard to really kind of pinpoint it. Again, my personal story isn't going to be your personal story and experience, but um you know, that's something for you to think about is, is what's, what's that thing? Like, what's that event? What's that, what's that historical significance of an event in your life that made you feel like you had to start covering it up? You know, that if somebody found it out, you'd be terrified, like make you sick to your stomach probably weep, you know, just ball. That's, that's kind of how it, it broke down. And so, you know, you start seeing that you're playing this role, you're playing a character and you're trying to be very careful about what's put out there for the world to see. Because by, by adapting all those qualities on that outer shell to cover up the shame, that was masking, you know, the real self, you, uh, you're craving acceptance, right? I was craving acceptance. So like the applause was great because the applause made me feel loved. The applause made me feel important, right? The more recognition I got, then obviously the more loved and accepted I'd be. And for some reason that if I didn't have those things, then I wasn't worthy of, of love. Right? Because I was covered in shame. Who would want that? And it's crazy um, like how long it took me to realize that. And guys, we're like <laughs> we're talking really like really trying to embody this this version of, of putting the raw me out there less than a year ago starting to put the wheels in motion for it, like really starting to unpack it maybe a year and a half ago, really digging into 
separating myself from wanting to play a character two years ago, you know, April, 2019, something like that. Yeah. That's, that's when just about everything changed. So, um, it's wild, right? Like how we do these things. And it, it, it really makes you see people differently, right? Because if, if you see yourself as being this way, then who's to say that everybody else isn't doing it? And so you kind of stop taking things as personally from other people, right? If they let you down, if they disappoint you, if they hurt you, it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. It doesn't mean it doesn't disappoint you. It doesn't mean you won't get pissed off. It just means that you can have a little bit better understanding. And that I, I have a belief that everybody is inherently good. And that we come into this world, obviously, like for a reason, for a purpose. I think God's got us all here for a purpose. And somewhere along the way, somebody wanted to try and block you from that true gift. You know, wanted to try and, and cover that light that you were putting off, that you were shining. And then that's when the shame and the the outer shell starts to take hold. And next thing you know, we're chasing applause instead of connection. You know, because if you're if you're hidden behind all these layers, you can't connect. Like there's no intimacy there. It's all just surface level bullshit. It like literally I felt like Maybe it's some having some of the, the musical theater background. I don't know. The singing background, the acting background. I don't know. But I literally felt like in my life, the relationships that were being had, you know, friends, romantically, whatever, I felt like I was on tour. And each time I got to see them or meet somebody new, I was putting on a new show. Well, not a new show, a different, a different night of the same show or a new town than a new show. And it's like, it's exciting at first because you're interesting, you know, people want more. They want to buy more tickets. They want to spend more money at the show on your merchandise, whatever. And you get the applause. So that's all you really cared about was applause equaled acceptance. It, it meant love. But then you find out like, that's not love. That's not acceptance. It's shallow. It's temporary. It's like a rush. And then there's a massive fall. So I felt like I was just kind of going like town to town, putting on the show. I went on tour. And then after the show's over with, you're laying there in the bus just trying to recover because you're exhausted. And then, you know, something happens to where you just get tired of being on the road. (laughs) You get tired of being on tour and you just want to come home. But it's like, you've been gone so long. You forgot what home looked like. You forgot the coordinates to plug in the GPS. You forgot 
what the street looked like so you wouldn't miss your turn. And and that can throw you for a loop. What if you've wandered too far from home, right? That was the, that was the thought that I had. So it took a lot of really working hard with, uh, with my therapist, working on myself. Cause it, it wasn't like I was just taking what, what their advice was. Like I was also diving deep into, uh, you know, scripture and prayer and, you know, readings and things like that. Just trying to figure out like, did it take rock bottom for me to want it to be different? And it did. In my case, it did. I think in a lot of people's cases it does, right? What's the incentive to change if there's not enough pain there? So I got tired of being on the road. It, uh, like when you, when you get to the point where you catch yourself lying to cover up lies, to try and match with other lies. And that can go on for months, for years. And then you're sitting there wondering, they don't really want me for me. And you find a way to try and blame them, but really it's you. <laughs> it's you. You sold them on a fake bill of goods, man. No wonder they don't like it when all of a sudden you've decided that it's time to start taking off parts of the costume. I, I want to tell you guys a story. It uh, I've done 10, 15, I don't know, somewhere in that ballpark of, of like musical performances, like singing, dancing, acting, show tune, like that type of musical. And you want to know what the hardest part of the show was for me? Every single time, all the rehearsals, all the performances, every time it was actually like opening night through the final night, four or five shows in the weekend, two a day, like the hardest part of all that, I'm telling you, like this is crazy. It just hit me as I was, as I was telling you guys this. It wasn't going out there for my first line. It wasn't you know, any of the solo songs, the solo dance number. I got, I remember how to solo dance. <laughs> Who the hell would want to watch me dance for five to 10 minutes? That's crazy. Uh, but no, it was fun anyway. So that was another life, man. Um, it like that didn't scare me. And I realized why, because here's the, here's the catch. The most, uncomfortable part of the show for me was curtain call. The most uncomfortable part of the show for me was the end of the night taking a bow at the curtain call. And I wondered in my head as I was thinking of that analogy, why? Because that was the part of the show where I was just me in front of all those people. I was just me. I was no longer the character that they'd been watching for the previous two, two and a half hours. And it, it's crazy how every single time I hated that part of the show. 
hated it. And now it makes sense. I was more comfortable playing a character than I was putting myself out there. And what a damn metaphor for my life. And in the lives of a lot of you guys too. I'd say most people, more people than want to admit it. <laughs> wow. That's Wow. How about that? Live revelations, guys. You heard it here first. But seriously, it's more comfortable portraying a version of yourself that you feel protected behind and accepted by others, right? Because they looked, you could see their eyes in the crowd. I had this thing where the bigger the crowd, the more comfortable I felt. Like, just imagine, like, dude, I, I, so I've seen the videos of, like, the Live Aid performance, like, especially the Queen, their performance at Live Aid, and you look out, and there's, like, how many people are in that crowd? What, 80,000, 90,000 people? Something insane, maybe 100,000 people out there. And I saw that, and I thought, man, that would have been really cool to be on that stage. Didn't scare me at all, because it gets to the point where it's just, like, it's just a... It's just a room, okay? What scared the shit out of me? Small crowds. Two people watching, three people watching, four people watching. It never, never jived with me, man. Like, I couldn't do small gigs. I couldn't. And, you know, again, unraveling this whole mystery of who's Jason been. A lot of you guys probably listen to this too and think, damn, that's me too. If I open up too much, got too close, allowed intimacy to take control, then I lost all power and I was no longer safe. So I had to tie that back. Like, who took my safety? What made me feel like I was no longer safe and I had to develop that? So there's, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons and, you know, I don't want to just, we'll put it this way. A lot of it's familial. I think for a lot of us, a lot of it is familiar, familial, meaning family related, a family origin pertaining to the family. Um, it's crazy. It's crazy when you think about it. Just what links the human psyche and body and spirit will go to, to endure, right? Like you see it, flowers bursting up through the pavement, trees flourishing, clinging to life off the edge of a cliff, growing out of the side of it. It's the ability to endure and seek survival. That's what we do, you know? So trying to hide under all these layers of success and acceptance and, you know, being, being the most captivating person in the room. I still love walking in a room full of people. I get that rush, but I understand now, like what I'm trying to get out of that moment. Right. So historically it's always been selfishly. I wanted their attention. I wanted to feel good about myself. Thanks to them. 
But when you do the work and you start to understand these things about yourself and you look at, at the the dark parts, right, of yourself that you don't necessarily want to face or admit. Once I once I got into that and I kind of uncomfortable as hell. But once you get into that, it's like, okay, now now I feel that same rush, but why is that? Now it's because I go into the room, I think, what can I give to this room? Right? So it switches. Same feeling, but it switches. The intention's different. Um but yeah, it's, you know, playing a character, playing a part, entertaining. I'd be entertaining as hell. And I know that. That's the thing. It's, it's, it's been my nature to want to try and deflect that and be humble about it. But the truth is, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed getting the tension manipulating people because I mean when you think about it it's manipulation right it's deceiving I enjoyed it why because I knew I was prote- I was protected I couldn't get hurt so guys I want you to think about this you know in in what ways have you or in what ways are you playing a part performing what are you trying to cover up? What sort of shame are you trying to hide? What's that pain you're trying to avoid? What are you trying to protect? And from what? Right? What are you trying to get protection from? The character gets old. It really does. And, you know, I, I think a lot of us get to a point where enough is enough. You know, I've, I've played this character for... 33 seasons, however long it took me to shed the, shed the character, 34 seasons. It's time to play a new part. And it was the part of myself. The part I probably knew the least about <laughs> until a lot of shit happens and you're forced to, to take a look at it. So I, I hope this episode has resonated with you guys to the point where you go, yeah, I'm... I've been playing a part too. And how's that looked? And how do I stop it? So it's it's wildly freeing to do that, to shed that layer of just fakeness, fake ass shit. And knowing that Yes, I'm putting myself out there, knowing I can get hurt. But, dude, that happens all the time anyway. That's like that's like saying I'm never going to leave my house because I might get in a car wreck. The risk is high. But still leave my house. Same thing with being ourselves. Guys, if you think that you're better off just portraying this character because it'll keep you from getting hurt. And then you're wondering why your relationships suck or why your business sucks. You don't have any real friends because you're faking it. I mean, it's the truth. 
So you got to reconnect with that real part of yourself. And not we're not talking about like keeping it real, just like being rude and disrespectful and stupid. I'm talking like genuine, authentic. Like if you if you feel something, you communicate it. Good, bad, happy, sad, whatever. Communicate it. Show it. Live with your heart on your sleeve, man. I'm telling you, it's 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 refreshing. And people see it refreshing too. So that's the thing is that part of us that we we were ashamed of or trying to hide, that authentic, real version of ourselves, that story, not the story that we've tried to curate and, and cover up and and polish to where we think everybody else put a nice bow on it for everybody else will want to take a look at it. The The real part, like that inner circle, the deep down part, the real you, that story that 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 version has, that's far more endearing than any other bullshit that we're trying to put out there as a character. That's the, that's the real story that's going to be accepted. It's scary, but it's far more rewarding. That's where real love exists. That's where real friendships exist. That's where real success exists. That's where real contentment and fulfillment exists. Not in all the fake-ass stuff. All right, guys. So over this next week, I want you to try and, and figure out what's your character look like? What part are you playing? And what are you hoping to accomplish by shedding that role? Some cool things to think about. Guys, that's it for this week. I appreciate your all's time. As always, if it resonates with you, please share it out. Um, because there's a good chance it resonates with other guys too. Other people, other people are just like us. Spread the word, because I'm telling you, like, there's no winners here, right? So there's no, like, well, if we make these changes and grow ourselves, then then we win. Well, no, like, everybody wins. Let's all win together. Let's level up your neighbor. Let's level up your friend. There's always work to be done. World, the world needs more authentic, genuine people out there. Why? Because that's how real connection's made. And that's what we all crave is real connection. Real love, real acceptance, real connection. Intimacy. It's a scary thing. Because somebody's burned us once, twice, three times, or more. So we develop these layers. We put on this armor, this character. And it's time to put on a show. Show's over, fellas. Literally, though, this episode is over. <laughs> but it, it, it's things to think about. So if you like this episode and, and this type of content, um, tell you what I'd really appreciate. If you want to shoot me an email, let me know. Becoming a better man podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you think. Because I can go in a lot deeper on this. But anyway. I'm rambling on. That's what I'm guilty of. I understand that. So let's wrap it up. Love you, brothers. Let's go become better men and keep it going. All right. Love y'all. So that's it for this episode of Becoming a Better Man. If you found this episode helpful or interesting, something that you could apply to your everyday life, please post on your social media platforms what your takeaway was from this episode, as well as taking a screenshot with the tag, Becoming a Better Man, 
So that way we can help spread the word on Instagram and Facebook and help get more men aligned with their purpose, trying to become better every day for themselves, their communities, and their families. 